The following is offered by Discerning Hearts, a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to spiritual formation through the use of new media. To download this selection, or to browse hundreds of other programs, or to contribute to our mission with a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible, visit our website at discerninghearts.com. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Is this is the day that is repentance. John the Baptist is the voice. He's our, our Lord is coming. And right from the Old Testament time, they said someone with the spirit of Elijah is going to go before you. And that's definitely John the Baptist. Right at the same time, the announcement in St. Luke's Gospel that Jesus is being born, there is the birth of John the Baptist. So the coming of John, is, it precedes Jesus. He is going to sum up all of the testimony that right from the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned and God was going to send a Savior, all of the preparation that has been made all through the years, the prophets and those who are announcing the coming, he's going to be the last and the greatest of the prophets. And John the Baptist is going to come preaching and teaching the news of repentance. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The Lord is coming. The Savior is coming. The Messiah is going to come. I'm not worthy to even touch his, his bootstraps, but he is going to come prepare for him. And that's, this, that's the announcement that he's made. But Jesus also said of him, there's not a greater born of woman than John the baptizer, yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Do you know who that is? 
that's me and that's you. Of all of the holiness and goodness that John has, summing up all of the goodness of the Old Testament, you are greater than he. Why? Because you are called to be Jesus himself. He was called to prepare the way for the Messiah. And when the Messiah was coming, he was going to introduce him. I will baptize with the water of repentance, calling the Pharisees, you brood of vipers. Did you ever see a whole entanglement of snakes? That's what he called them. Who's going to save you if you don't change? The axe is now laid at the root. And that's what really was going to happen. If you reject and don't see who this Messiah is going to be, he's coming. Get ready for him. And that same message comes through to every Christian. We Christians are one-third of the world's population. Two-thirds have not yet heard. You're either Orthodox, Protestant, or Catholic. The Holy Spirit has gone out into the whole world when Pentecost came wanting to unite this whole world into salvation through, with, and in Jesus Christ. But you and I have him in ourselves. Therefore, the greatest, greatest horror in the world is not to break the Ten Commandments. The greatest horror in the world is for you and me not to be Jesus Christ. When you were baptized into the Lord Jesus, he is in you. As St. Paul says, this mind that you can think is in you. He, Jesus, is in you. If you got up this morning as a woman and you discovered that you had a tumor on your breast and you didn't see an oncologist, you're going to die. You fail to see the sign of this disease that's going to destroy your body. Yesterday I was in the hospital and this person had a tumor in her lung. If you don't pay attention to what is discovered, sin is that. Worse. Sin is worse than cancer. Sin is worse than AIDS. These diseases destroy the body. Sin destroys the life of Jesus Christ within us. So what an important teaching it is today to examine ourselves, what we had committed ourselves to in this Lenten time in taking this 15 or 20 minutes to examine ourselves, how important it is today to look into our hearts, every one of us, yes, we're Jesus, but this is telling us, yes, you are a sinner. You are a sinner. And every one of us, but every one of us of the six billion people in the world, each of us is unique in our holiness, in our call, and we're also unique in our sinfulness. Not every size fits all. That's why it's so important for us to take a time like Advent as we prepare for the coming, the full coming of our Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts, into our growth through the Holy Spirit in our hearts who is transforming us into Christ. What is that particularity of brokenness and sinfulness in me? Could it be 
that I have a judgmental mind. Jesus says in the seventh chapter of Matthew's gospel, stop judging that you may not be judged. With what measure you measure, so shall you be measured. Why do you look for the speck in your brother's eye when you yourself have a wooden beam in your own? You hypocrite, the gentle Jesus says. Take the wooden beam out of your own eye first so that you may see the speck in your brother's eye. Do you have that kind of mind? That's so important. So often, if you are constantly examining your husband's conscience, you're examining the people at work and what they do that's wrong. And the people, when you go to school, you're constantly giving motives. You might even be listening to this program and you might be thinking, who does he think he is? Whatever. Every one of us, you're driving down the street and you look at a person, you have a judgment sometime that you make about them. If you discover this, that you have a judgmental mind, what a disease that is. You know why? And because you're doing that all day long, you have a power, and I do, to see everyone we meet with the eyes of Jesus because he dwells in me. You can look at your husband with Christ's eyes. You can look at your children, and they are. You can look at your neighbors, at the people you work with, the people that you go to school with. All of us have the power to see with the eyes of Jesus the tragedy is all day long, because of our judgment, we fail. What is your particular brokenness? How important it is. For instance, envy. Envy is a capital sin. Capital comes from the word kaput, which means head. What is the head of the snake that you can crush as a tendency in your heart? Some of us have this tendency to envy. And it goes back all your whole life. When you were a little girl and your sister got a new dress, you were jealous. When you went to school and someone got A's, it really hurt you. You were jealous. When someone was picked out because of their voice and because they, they were pretty, you actually got jealous. When you, as an athlete, went to your games and someone was ch chosen ahead of you, or better than you in sports, you were jealous. And someone got a better job, whatever that might be, but your pus is envy. You might have gone to confession or, or described yourself as, well, I talk about my neighbor, or I have words that kind of sarcasm against people, but that's not the head of the snake. It's only the tail. Deep down in your heart, you are a jealous person. And if I don't recognize it, what a terror. We live in a world of comparing and competing. Unless I'm number one, have more than, greater than. With the eyes of Jesus, it's cooperation. What my brother and sister and others have is beautiful. I need everything what everyone else has in order to grow into the fullness of Christ. As a priest, how often we become competitive and jealous. 
when we hear someone give a good sermon or someone does something that's outstanding and we have a jealousy. And if you look into your heart, that's what the pus is. And if I could become aware of it, some of us are lustful, bad thoughts, impure thoughts, pornography, all the way back in my whole life. And what horrors this tendency has done. Jesus in me is pure. Jesus wants to give me that power. I have it. All of us have purity of heart in Jesus and through Jesus. We have this magnificent gift of holiness and purity and chastity and self-control. But some of us have this tendency. It's a, it's a, it's a tendency and it's a brokenness. And to call out to the Lord, what damage this has done in the human family all over the world, all over the world, this unbridled lust. Another brokenness is unforgiveness. I think as a priest and as a preacher, and I have seen that when I don't forgive, I have such a separation and such a brokenness. And Jesus looks at this so deeply. He says, unless you forgive from your heart, you will not be forgiven. He in us has such a power in the, on the cross. Even he wants us to forgive our enemies. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He forgave his betrayer. He forgave those who denied him. Those he gave so much to, even the people that he healed, cried for his blood. He forgave them. He forgives you and he forgives me. He has this tremendous love and it's in you. You may think that I do. There might be someone in your heart today and you say, I will never forgive that person. There might be someone who hurt you more than anyone else has hurt you. And he is saying, on this Advent day, I will give you the power to forgive. Many of the wounds that people carry that I know, especially of unforgiveness, comes from their father. What he did to our family or to the mother or to the children, and they carry this bitterness and anger. Whoever, or maybe an older brother who may have molested you, this wound Many of us have deep wounds from families, from neighbors, from associates in work. Jesus gives us the power to forgive. Maybe it's gluttony. On this day, as we prepare for the coming of Jesus, my tendency is to drink too much. It's a problem. What a disease this is. And this is a destructive force in the world today, all over the world. To do a drug because of pain, maybe, or whatever, a false high that I get, and the tendency in this direction, maybe in, in to overeat, whatever that might be, that goes way back and this tendency. So each one of us have different things by which we find ourselves separating ourselves. But Jesus in us has this enormous 
wonderful power to have us come to whatever that is that we can have this union with him, even to know what it is. You know, when I I encourage you today to examine what we many times do is introspect. We look inside and we look over our history. Maybe, you know, in your family, your, your, your family knows that you have a, an explosive temper. And maybe they accuse you and maybe you've accused yourself of that's what it is. But really in sin, this is very important with regard to sin. Sin is a mystery. Why? If I really knew the love that Jesus has for me and through me and in me, why would I ever want to separate from him? That's a mystery. How do I fall into this brokenness, this separation from him and this tendency there is an evil spirit that tempts me. That's its, its ordinary. But the Holy Spirit is the one who, and today in this Mass, you have been baptized by water and the Holy Spirit. That's what makes you a member of this body, water and the Holy Spirit. And St. Paul, uh, that Isaiah talks about, Jesus. Now, Jesus claims that this was who he was. It was in him. This this, uh, revelation in Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and of strength, a spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord, And his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. You have that spirit. When you go to examine yourself, since sin is a mystery, I'm encouraging you this Advent. Call on the Holy Spirit. Because this mystery, to have this light shine within my heart, to reveal to me what it is truly that is separating me from Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit as you go to your examine today, Holy Spirit of God, this is the prayer, reveal to me what it is that is my predominant fault. What is that core wound in me that takes me away from Jesus Christ? What prevents me from being in union with him 24 hours a day, seven days a week? As I prepare for Christmas, reveal to me, open to me, open my eyes, open my heart that I may know that I may understand, that I may come to have revealed to me what it is that separates me from the Lord. And as you wait and respond, the Holy Spirit will bring you into that light. 
it won't be like the devil accusing you. Satan is like an accuser. But you discover this, you say, oh, this is what has kept me from such joy, from such fullness of living. Every sinner who has the Holy Spirit reveal something to them is convinced. The Holy Spirit convicts with great joy, with great delight. What a magnificent time this will be in our lives and in our journey in this Advent. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Kindle in them the fire of your love. The Holy Spirit is a fire. The Holy Spirit is a light, probing like a magnificent physician the wound, revealing it so that he can heal it. Once it's uncovered, oh, this is what has been separating me. Maybe it's been sloth. Maybe I just have never called on you. Maybe my postponing things, my not doing things, my laziness has been sloth. That's what's kept me from that fire that is in me, the true heart of Jesus that I have. Maybe it's been pride and vainglory. Maybe I always do things for the wrong reason, for the reason of my self-centeredness and my egotism. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But once it's revealed, there's like a joy. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of light, the spirit of love, the spirit of truth. One of the greatest tendencies, especially in our Western world, and we hardly consider it, is the lies. The lies that we, and the deceit that prevents us from coming into union with Jesus Christ, who is truth itself. Do not be afraid. When you examine yourself or are examined and call upon the Holy Spirit to reveal to you that beautiful and wonderful awareness of your sinfulness and of your brokenness, because he will repair that. There's no damage or brokenness or sinfulness in any human heart that God cannot forgive. All that we come to discover, the joy of the Savior is, I have come to redeem the sinners. And the greater the sin, and if that's what you're discovering, in your examine today, the greater the joy. There's, well, there'll be more joy this Christmas than over the 99 that have no need of repentance. There is nothing that's hidden that can't become to revelation and to be seen by you, the sinner. And then the encouragement to make a good confession, to bring to light all those things to the sacrament of reconciliation. 
the joy of having that healed, what you do once you become aware of that brokenness is to bring it to the Lord. When the priest makes a sign of the cross and says the words of absolution, the blood of Jesus from the cross, when he died in the year 33, Jesus looked down all of the ages from Adam and Eve right on down to John the Baptist, all of those who came before him. But the same Jesus on the cross looked to all of the ages until the end of time. Jesus from the cross is looking at us this Advent. And if you're listening to me, know this, that from the cross, and especially when you attend the Eucharist, when you go to Mass, from the cross, he interpenetrates your soul and he knows exactly where that wound is. And when you come to Mass today and you say in that revelation, O Lord, I am not worthy that you come under my roof, but only say the word and my soul will be healed. And it truly is. In the sacrament, you receive, just as the Eucharist is to give you healing in your wounds. So this particular sacrament, when you examine and have a great preparation this Advent for the coming of Jesus at Christmas, pray for one another. Because he wants to come into the whole world. Pray for your family. Pray for one another. That we can all come to an awareness of our own individual brokenness. I very much encourage you, don't examine one another's conscience. That's really an individual. Stop examining your husband's conscience. Stop examining your children's conscience. Try to help them and steer them to the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit, as much as you love one another and the family, you don't love each other like the Spirit loves each one of you. As much as you love one another, especially you as a priest, you don't love your parishioners like the Holy Spirit does. Introduce them to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who will assist them in discovering their wounds. And when they then come to you in the confessional to assist them to have these wounds healed, offer them that great opportunity, fathers, to bring their wounds to Jesus. St. John Vianney was so powerful in this, our patron saint. St. Pio, Padre Pio, was so magnificent in bringing healing through the confessional. You, this could be such a powerful time for you this Advent to open up the confessional more and more to your people. This is a great time for healing. This is a great time for repentance. This is a great time for preparation for the coming of the Lord. Monsignor, in that examination, there is a difference that even in our own quiet time or and we're going to the Lord, where he will, as you said, the gentle Jesus reveals to us 
are um, that core wound that that and then that sin that we respond to. There is a difference between that experience and hearing the voice of the accuser and hearing lies. Is that something that we should be aware of when we do this? When you hear accusation, you're this, you're that, like a finger pointing. And, and, and I think many of us are responding more to the accuser than to the Holy Spirit. When, when you go and, and you see yourself uh, in, in an uh, that's not really true. You know, listen to how you feel when these voices come to you. Somebody who may have the same sex attraction, and you want to bring that to the Lord. You fag, you this, you'll never change. You, there's accusations, and you can hear those. What is the voice of the Holy Spirit? I love you. I know exactly what you're going through. I, I've, I have this compassion. And once I can come to you, oh, you're my son. I'm, you're, you're my child. I understand what, yes. And so that voice that you hear as you come, whatever that brokenness is, what do you hear from the Lord? There may, maybe you might even think it's your voice, but he might even use your voice to accuse yourself. Listen to Satan means accuser. He accuses us day and night. And Jesus wraps around us his blood-stained robe. And he comes and this, the devil's accusing us before God. And Jesus is saying, not guilty, not guilty, to hear that in your heart. You, your father knows every single thought, knows every single tendency. He knows all about you. And as the Holy Spirit probes those wounds, let him examine, especially if you have a hatred for someone and you hear the anger and the bitterness in your heart or something like I'll never forgive that person that is not true because deeper and underneath that is Jesus who is in you and gives you the power to forgive this man that I know and when his wife was unfaithful to him he really heard that for the longest time. But that was the accuser. I will never be able to forgive that. I will never. And yet, the harmony uh, that comes, that St. That Paul talks about in today's, in today's reading. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, whatever was written previously was written for our instruction, that by endurance and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement 
grant you to think in harmony with one another, in keeping with Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, then, as Christ welcomed you, for the glory of God. For I say that Christ became a minister of the circumcised to show God's truthfulness, to confirm the promises to the patriarchs, but so that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. The Word of the Lord. That harmony that can come to your family, because first it has to come in you, and the accuser may be very active in wanting you to think you could never come to this potential and power of being Christ. Thank you for that. That's an excellent observation, Chris. Well, and that's something we also have to be careful of the accuser not using our voice to assault others. And I think that's what you were describing in that being leery of judging others. Of judgment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and did you ever find yourself walking in a room and hearing these noises in your head of accusation of others? That, and how important that is for you to discover that, to listen to those voices that are inside of us, that prevent us, prevent us from living the life that we are called to live. All of us are being called to be Christ to one another. That's really the truth. John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now, the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Thank you, John, for laying the way open before us. God bless. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. 
To hear and or to download this program or to browse hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com.